All right, hey, this is Brett Myers, and you're listening to this shitty podcast. It's supposed to be about we know something, but I don't think they know shit. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Brett, you're the man. Dude, thank you is so much. Is that good enough? That's awesome. Perfect. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 163 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, as almost always, the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. This is the way. It is Tuesday, December 3rd. We're coming to you very early again. Now, you're hearing this on a Friday, so we just want to throw the disclaimer out there that actually for the next couple weeks, because we're in the holiday season, my daughter turns one next Thursday, so like we got a lot of things yes. happening. Schedules are a mess. Schedules are going to be a mess for the next couple weeks, but not a release schedule. We're going to be consistent on Fridays, but we just want to let you know that, like, hey, we're recording on Tuesday. We got lucky because there was a Black uh, Widow trailer today, but... Uh, anything that happens Wednesday, Thursday, we won't have and on our episode. Speaking Friday. of Wednesday, the new uh, Bond trailer is dropping. Yeah, so, that was in the notes. So we will, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll have talk that about next, that next week. We'll have that next week. So there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, we wish we could talk about because I'm sure things are going to happen this week. We're past yeah. Thanksgiving. Um, but we had a little bit of a slower news week. So we actually wanted to give you a little bit of a surprise today uh, for today's episode to kick the episode off. Um, so we'll get into that in just a second. You can go over to WePodcastAndWeKnowThings.com, your one-stop shop for everything we podcast and we know things except our episodes. It's got links to our store. It's got links to our Patreon where you can support us monetarily each month where we kick you back a sweet reward and you keep the lights on, quite literally. Uh, and then also links to our Twitter, uh, which is at GregTalksALot and at Samuel Matoro. At We Podcast, we know things on Instagram, and We Podcast, we know things on Facebook. If you don't want to remember all that, just click the link on the website. It'll take you right there. Uh, send us an email, ask us any question, we'll answer them all on the air. We Podcast, and we know things at gmail.com. And as always, thank you so much to our brethren in the We Pod Squad, the Ion Ryan Show, who made us triumphant return today after a month's hiatus. He's back. Uh, so on Tuesday, the third you can go to our feed check out that day and you can listen to the newest ion ryan show podcast uh just a couple days before this one drops it's nice to have him back and as always mrc tech presents the last podcast and all of his side shows all of his streaming content uh we appreciate everything sean does i'll say sean will have a nice little project coming up to him he'll yeah. be busy for quite a few hours after this little surprise sam and i are gonna have the full episode and we're gonna talk about that a little bit there uh but for the third time a returning guest on our show, Sergio Anello of the early November, everyone knows, and now, as you're going to find out, a new name. It's not complicated, though. It's just a normal name. Uh, Sergio Anello is going to join us for his third interview ever on the podcast, and we thought, what better time to bring it to you than now, because he's got some new stuff coming out, and he wanted to talk about it. And, and the odds that a song comes out today, so it just works out perfect. Yeah, the, the, what we're going to talk about in this interview, because we just wrapped it up. So quite frankly, uh, this is future Greg and Sam, who have already had the interview. Um, we just wrapped it up, and the song's song that he's dropping is actually out right this second. It drops the same day as this podcast, so uh, you can go check it out. But we do talk about it um, on the interview, and we do we will have links to it on our social media right now. So go check that out. Uh, but without further ado, here's about a 25-minute or so interview with Sergio Anello of the early November and his solo project under his name, Sergio Anello. Uh, and then we're going to be back with a full episode. We're talking trivia, some Black Friday stuff, movies, TV, gaming, picks of the week, CGC Spotlight, all of it. But we wanted to bring this interview first. 
Enjoy. And as promised, joining us now via the phone, which is a little weird for us, we're used to doing face-to-face interviews with him, our good friend from Everyone Knows, and you definitely know him by now, Sergio Anello. Serge, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good. How are you guys doing? Not too bad, brother. Not too bad. It's nice, so, very nice. It's so weird not to see you here. I know. I, like uh, we miss you. I, I miss you guys too. I felt like I had to get this like professional level on me because we're on the phone. Like I'm on a an interview of some sort, <laughs> like with a job. Yeah. Do you have a suit on? I do. I do. Uh, I have a full tuxedo. There, tuxedo. Damn. damn. You, you have to dress You up got for the us. job. You got the job. Uh, top hat and monocle <laughs> and all. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so what you been up to, man? It's uh, It's been a very busy, fantastic, wonderful, weird year, and I wouldn't have it any other way, I guess. Yeah, uh, we have, obviously we're not just bringing Serge on just to bring him on. Of course, you're always welcome on the show, but we figured, hey, Thank listen, you. Uh, you know, if you're going to come on, you're going to spend some time with us, you're going to take some time out of your Tuesday night to hang out with us too, there might as well be a reason. So uh, tell us a little bit about the reason you're on the pod. So uh, this Friday, uh, which I believe is December 6th, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. The day everybody's here um, in this interview. I will be releasing my first Christmas original single, which I'm very excited for, uh, called Santa For What It's Worth. Is the For What It's so, Worth in parentheses? It isn't. It's Santa, comma, ah. For What It's Worth, as if it's the beginning of a letter that I haven't finished for a title. <laughs> okay. Now, what made you want to make a Christmas song? Uh, weirdly enough, so here's the thing. I, I absolutely love the holiday season. I naturally, when it gets cold, tend to get them winter blues that a lot of people do. And uh, one night I was just sitting around and uh, started humming a melody, and something came to me, and I was like, I want to record a Christmas song. So I, I got with uh, with Ace, Ace Enders at the lumber yard, and my, my early November brother, and was like, dude, I want to record a Christmas song. What do you think? And I, I basically weirdly sang it a cappella to him without any music that, that I had in mind, and he was open to the idea and something wonderful, at least to me, came out of it. I'm really excited. We, we have both heard the song and we can definitely agree. It is absolutely wonderful. Hey, if it wasn't, we'd be like, now nah, we're busy. We can't do an interview. Yeah. It, it's just, like it, it's like catchy as hell. <laughs> it's so catchy. Well, thank you guys. Um, I, uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, like 50s, 60s, Doo-wop, top 40, Elvis. I've said it on the show probably a million times, but um, I was just listening to a ton of it. And and basically, I wanted if I did a Christmas song, I wanted to do something that ultimately would make people happy first listen, hopefully, and just kind of put them in that Christmas spirit and, and have them enjoy themselves. And I got to tell you, it was more than I could ever expect, and everybody involved was fantastic. So we actually have to to say to maybe some new listeners to the pod, 
Uh, Serge has been on our show now three times. Yep. This is your third time on the podcast. And, you know, if you want to go back and listen to the first two interviews, the first one we did with Serge was at a coffee shop in, in New Jersey. It was our first ever interview. Yep. We we landed that one because of an Instagram DM. So that's that's tight. Oh, we slid right in there. Yeah, we slid right there in those we, DMs. There we are. <laughs> and the second one was done at your practice space for your band, Everyone Knows. Now, is this song going to be released under Everyone Knows, or is it going to be under your name? So that's actually a really good question. Um, so the Everyone Knows stuff was originally, uh, you know, it was my first solo releases, and I put it under a band name. For no rhyme or reason, maybe I was just, at the time, thought, like, separate my name from the project and see what people thought but from here on out the original everyone knows record that's called tell or be told is going to be um re-released just under my name and uh future music including this will be released under sergio Nello. uh still a lot of the same people involved in it uh everybody since that project started is still very uh very hands-on including Ace and all the guys at the studio and and uh, Nate and Joseph Paula and the guys that have been playing with me. Uh, so it's going to be under my name, but it's still all the same stuff. Just for the people that do know me already, it's a little bit easier maybe to uh, track what I'm doing, I guess. Yeah, and actually this is another weird part about this interview is this is the first time we don't have Joe with us. Yeah, true. I know, I know. I, I love Joe. I, I mean... Listen, life gets busy, especially this time of year. Yeah. So, me and Joe have been uh, trying to get together as much as we can. Yeah. And, but, a- and again, for our listeners who may not have heard of you before, uh, your claim to fame is you play bass in the early November. Uh, you just went out on a tour with them to support yes. Lilac. How was that? How's the body holding up? I'll tell you what. I was nervous about it because... Um, I've always been very energetic on stage, and especially with the early November, it's yeah, we know it's uh, it's just my thing, I guess. Yeah, that's what drew us to but, you when we were twelve and thirteen years old. Yeah, so weirdly, I felt really good. Like I, I felt loose and happy and energetic. And after the tour, I I was totally uh, broken down for about two weeks. I got really really sick just from uh you know not sleeping and not eating right and having too much fun but ultimately what a great time i wouldn't pass it up that's awesome fantastic i'm 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 so mad that i missed a tour i was in baltimore when you guys came to philly i no one was more pissed than me dude i'll tell you it was uh it was fun i wish you guys could have got it obviously i know you guys got a lot going on too at this age you know everybody's got uh things they have to do and families but we we had such a good time and i mean at the end of the day i love all those guys and it's always kind of like riding a bike when we get back together now because philly was the was the last show on the on the tour right Philly, yeah philly was the last show on the tour so that's actually a funny story um we uh we had have mercy and Ole on tour with us and I got very close with Brian from Have Mercy, the lead singer and songwriter, and we played Philly, and he was doing a, a home show in Baltimore the day after, and me and uh, our guitar tech for the early November, who's filled in on bass for me, and 
filled in on guitar at some points. His name's Dylan. Dylan Ray. I don't know if you guys know him from uh, plays in a band called Brothers and cool. Old North State. But he uh, he came out and played with me in Baltimore, and I was so so sick, and he was so so sick, and I had no voice at all. So. <laughs> Damn. I apologize to Baltimore for my shortcomings, but we had fun. <laughs> <laughs> back to uh, back to your solo stuff. Uh, we want to keep the the focus on that. I know you talked a little bit about kind of just walking in and saying, "Hey, we want to do this. Let's do it." But when you talk about the lyrics, how'd you come up with like the premise for the song and like your writing process? It's very weird. So, like when I write a song, maybe I don't always have the exact idea in mind. I kind of like. I could be anywhere and like start humming something to myself or like maybe one line comes into play. But when it comes to this song, uh, I guess the best way I could describe it comes into play with this whole time of year for me. Um, since I was 18, I would be on tour very consistently. And by this time of year, tour would slow down and winter would set in and I would get a little bit of that like that winter blues didn't know what to do with myself and yeah, you, kinda, I loved, you went into like a funk yeah a little bit of a funk and though I love the Christmas season I would tend to I don't want to say get totally depressed but I would get a little bit bummed out by what was going on and it's natural the older you get you start reflecting on uh, the year that has passed yeah but with this it was it was kind of an idea of acknowledging all the things uh, wonderful maybe that happened in the past year. And though you still fell short of your initial thoughts or goals or ideas, you're, you're ultimately happy with it. And it was, it was written in a sense as a, as a plea to Santa to say, don't be uh, so judgmental on everybody. They're, they're out here trying their best at what they're doing. And it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek and fun, and I wanted it to be lighthearted. Yeah. Ultimately, I think it came out that way. Yeah, the vibe of that song definitely comes across. I mean, you start off right with this catchy piano tune that kind of carries the melody all the way through the song, and you can kind of get the idea early on in that song, like, all right, we're in for a treat here, because it's not going to be like Santa Baby or these other kind of slower, depressing songs that yeah. you can listen to at Christmas time. This is one of those catchy, upbeat, albeit with a... Like you said, a different kind of message, but still that fun Christmas song that my wife and I were literally dancing to in our bedroom when you sent me the song um, to listen to kind of before this interview. So, I mean, it is in our Christmas rotation immediately. Well, right off the bat, I, I absolutely love that. I got to give a lot of credit where credit's due. Um, first and foremost, Ace is just a, a great friend for for making this happen so quick and then nate sander who plays in the early november is an absolute genius when it comes to playing everything and uh, i'm not a piano player by any means but i was easily able to sit down and show them how the song went and what i wanted and and kind of give them the idea and we all just ran with it and within a few hours uh, you know, we were we were on to what ended up being this this fun song, at least in my opinion. And I think ultimately, when people hear it, they'll they'll uh, it'll make them happy, for a lack of better words. Yep. Was that the fastest the songs ever came together for you? 
I think uh, studio-wise, yes. Like, when I did my first record, you know, I was very particular on what I wanted and every little detail and over maybe, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I was uh, I was over... Uh, overthinking. Specific with every little little thing that I wanted. But with this, it was... It was so carefree and lighthearted, and I think that's... Sometimes you have to remember, like, you're playing music because it's really fun, and it should make people have fun listening to it and just kind of roll with it, you know? Yeah. So anything else before we kind of transition a little bit? Anything else you want us to know about the song or anything else like that? So the the song's going to be released uh, this Friday. As as you're listening to this right now, guys and girls, it's available. Yeah, yeah. So if you're listening, it's 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 released now. <laughs> you can hear it now. All the uh, the past stuff I've done again, it's going to be released under uh, Sergio Anello with all the same people involved, just to make it a little bit easier to find. And uh, you know, I'm excited for 2020. I'm I'm planning on doing uh, actual solo touring. I have a lot of friends that I've been talking with that are uh, interested in getting out of town together and just more shows within uh, Philly and New Jersey and New York, et cetera. And, you know, I'm excited for whatever uh, the next year has to bring. So, And uh, could that potentially include some newer tunes? Yes. So, um, Sorry I, to put you on the spot there. <laughs> I have a full new record written already. Uh, the past tour with your own November has been fun, uh, where I'm meeting new people and, and getting this solo stuff in front of people. And, uh, I'm currently talking to a few different labels and hopefully just someone's on the exact same page as me and wants to, uh, release my stuff. But either way, I'm planning on at least releasing an EP somewhere in, a in the beginning of 2020 um a little bit different but but still it's it's my stuff what i want to do and all the same people will be involved so i'm very excited for it so if you check our social media bios right now you can actually get the link to Serge's uh everyone knows original ep and then when he when you're listening to this now there will also be a link in our social media bios to the new song. So just go check us out on social media at we podcast. We know things um, at Greg talks a lot at Samuel Matoro on Twitter or our Facebook, which is just typing in we podcast. We know things you can get a link to the song, but Serge, where can people find you on social media? So I had the, uh, the early November site, but being that I'm going to move every, or excuse me, the everyone knows site, but being that I'm going to move everything under my name, you could follow uh, my my music journeys or endeavors, if you will, under Sergio, S-E-R-G-I-O, underscore Anello, A-N-E-L-L-O, um, on Instagram. And uh, you'll see me either on tour with my own stuff or the early November or new releases. Uh, but people that are following the Everyone Knows site, I am going to shut it down just to make it very streamlined. Uh, the I don't know how to say. What would you say? The world has a lot of stuff thrown at them day after day. Yeah, I yeah. want to just make it easy to figure out what I'm doing and where I'm at. You got any uh, Christmas plans lined up this year? 
Yeah, it's going to be a lot of family time. Um, Christmas is big around my house. Yeah. I have a very, my parents have a very small, loving home. And uh, we fill a million people in here. And <laughs> awesome. The the Italian seven fishes and my mom does Christmas and That's Christmas how we do, Serge. That's New how we do it. Everything else. And I'm playing with you early November in AC on New Year's, which I'm very excited for. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they're doing a show in at uh, in AC to kick in the New Year, so that's pretty cool. Oh shit. All right, so we're yeah. we're at we're at our favorite time of every interview which is our rapid fire segment we whipped this out about a year and a half ago with frank stancheck of classic game junkie and it's been a hit everybody seems to love it so what sam and i do is we come up with the most random questions we could possibly think of that have nothing to do with the actual interview and we ask you these questions now our ask is that you answer these questions as fast as humanly possible uh first thing that comes to your mind Cool. I will do my absolute best. All right, we got we got eleven for you, and Sam and I are going to alternate asking them. Okay. I'll start us off. Favorite Christmas song? Uh Elvis Blue Christmas. Okay. Least favorite Christmas song? There's nothing that bad that I hate, so I'm just open to them all. Okay, I like it. Favorite track off Lilac. Oh, that's tough. It's a it's a whole record. Yeah. I'm gonna go with this. To me, it's a whole concept of a record, and I like to listen to it straight through. I know that's very like biased, well, maybe, but whatever. We'll let it slide. Listen to break off the rapid fire thing for a second. Sam and I did a full comprehensive review of the record on the show, and we had we chose that we could do our top three songs off of Lilac. And I listened back to it recently, and uh. When we're going through and we do our top three, we name seven songs. So we tried to keep it to three, but we were like, yeah, there's there's more we love. We just have to throw it up to the... So I get where you're coming from. It's tough to nail down a favorite. Um, yeah, and in, in my defense, too, and I think this goes for a lot of the guys, or if not all, that are involved in the early November, songs on the record are never referred to by their actual name by the guys in the bands. So if I said something, it probably wouldn't be the actual title of a song. That's fair. Oh, that, yeah, that's cool. That's like a little that. inside baseball. Yeah, I, I like that. that. Uh, who's, yeah, who's that's the, fun now. Who's the best professional wrestler ever? The Ultimate Warrior. Oh, I, I can't, Rest in I, peace. I, I, I can't argue. Pineapple Rest on pizza? Peace. Oh, absolutely. It's my go-to. Pineapple, not in ham, but and bacon. Pineapple uh, and bacon on your pizza? Yeah. What, what sparked that one? Hey, that's an odd was, mix. That, was that the question, right? Pineapple yeah. pizza? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Pineapple and bacon. I feel bacon has um, the crunch to the soft bite of the pineapple, where uh, ham also could be equally soft, unless it's considered Canadian bacon. <laughs> if so, facto. <laughs> that works yeah. for me. Uh, dis- that was off the top of my head. I didn't think that out. Describe today's country music in one word. Casey Musgraves. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I love her. Okay. So, so today, today, PlayStation turned 25 years old. Do you have any, okay. like, you know, top big PlayStation memories or games that jump out at you? Uh, 100%. It was WrestleMania, and I can't remember the year, but I was getting my first Holy Communion. So I imagine 10. So that's 25 years ago. 
and uh, my aunt bought me a PlayStation and the WrestleMania game, and I loved it. That's cool. What's the best yeah. thing you watched on Netflix this year? Shit, that's tough. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of TV since I've been off tour, which is very lame. It means I don't have anything going on. But the most uh, recent thing I watched, was, which was actually uh, last night, was uh, – what is it called? The Search for Sugar Man? I never heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, I never heard of that one. I might be saying the name wrong because it was that uh, soon, um, but it's great. I'll have to check that out. All I'm right. always late to the party on TV shows and stuff. Yeah, there's just you, too you much just, shit to You just name one that we never heard of, so. And I loved El Camino because I'm a Breaking Bad fan, and we've talked about this before. Yeah, oh. we did a 45-minute El Camino spoiler cast. Yeah, it, was, so. that, it, it, was, it was very good, very good, but... It was better than I think we all thought it was going to be. Exactly. I mean, it left some things hanging, but thats uh, I guess that's a good story, right? Yeah. It makes you want more. How about the worst fast food chain? Oh, the first thing that comes to my mind is Carl's Jr., but I don't even dislike it that much. <laughs> You're such you a positive guy. You love everything, sir. You're such a positive guy. I'm I'm so negative. It's terrible, but I think I think naturally I want to be positive. <laughs> what is uh? This one's a heartbreaker for me when I think about it. What's one thing that you collected as a child that you wish you still had? It's funny you say that because my mother still has everything that I have, like everything. Nice. But I'm obsessed with uh, like anima uh, what, what was it like uh, moving figures. Like Christmas figures specifically, which she puts out still. Like, like you know, the animatronic the ones? ones? Yeah, the animatronics. Like, yeah, animatronic. That's the word. And uh, I love marionette puppets. Oh, there you go. Did you have like, Did you have an active collection going when you were a kid, or this is like your mom's collection that you like were fond of? It was passed down. No, so my mom would like get like off off track a little bit. When I was young, I used to think like animatronic puppets cost like $1 million because uh, probably they were like not super affordable maybe at the time. Yeah. And uh, my mom bought these two. One is an elf and one is a, um, a Santa Claus. And they're literally sitting out and I stare at them move. And I also had a Howdy Doody three-foot marionette <laughs> that I got for Christmas one year. I'm very obsessed with them. And I'm definitely afraid of puppets at the same time. <laughs> Great misks. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> this is the last one, I believe. Yep. Best song to come on at a wedding. I got to go with Elvis again. Only fools rush in. Hmm. I'm I'm more of a, a shout. Yeah, that, that, that's the song that jumped out of my mind. Yeah. I'm a shout man. No, I don't see. I'm a sap at the end of the day. I'm a, I'm a crier. So like anything that's gonna touch an emotion. Are you like the dude who doesn't really know the bride or groom, but still cries at the best man speech type of guy? I am the guy that you're lucky will go anywhere, but when I do, I'm usually sentimental because those people mean very much to me. Yeah, I. Oh my god, I'm like the dude who I don't even know who these people are. But it touches a string. It hits yeah. me. And I'm like, it's such a beautiful story. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll see a puppy on television and tear up by myself. <laughs> I'm not going to make pretend. I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm a real sucker. I, I would say I'm more of a sucker towards animals more than human beings. Exactly. Yeah, Sam was at my I, wedding. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys there. But don't get me wrong. 
when something hits me, oh man, I'm a sap. Yes. I am a sap. Sam was at my wedding and his his words were fuck these guys. So that worked out real well. Was it? No. I was going to say, they were my words. I thought my words were, I had the car running. That's right. That's right. All right, Serge. Thank you so much for, for coming on for a little bit, hanging out with us. Guys, it's it's always a pleasure, and thank you for having me. Yeah, hang on the line for just a second, and uh, now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. And next interview, let's, let's, let's be in person again, please. Thanks. And we're back uh, after that interview. Again, Serge, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. We really do appreciate it. What a fun time. I love talking to him. Dude, I, I met him. I miss him. Yeah. I'm pissed it wasn't face-to-face. Yeah, that was our first interview with him, not face-to-face. Uh, we're lucky enough to call him our friend. You know, we've we've had adult beverages together. We've hung out at, at some sk- <laughs> skanky bar in New Jersey and Saw him play live there. It was a lot of fun. And, and he's just a, a great person to be around. He's real. I yeah. love him. He's a real dude. Yeah, and we tried to get him to say, like, you know, not even, like, a, a, his least favorite Christmas song. And he couldn't even do that. Yeah. What a nice guy. Yeah, he is a, just a just a sweetie. Uh, but we hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, now on with the rest of episode 163. We're going to start with trivia. It's seven and a half for me, two and a half for Sam in our race to 11 win by two. We're going to then talk about some Black Friday, Cyber Monday stuff. Uh, we're going to start with movies tonight. We've been doing gaming a lot up front recently because of Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. Um, but that's going to take the third spot uh, this week because after movies are going to be television, then gaming, uh, and then the CGC spotlight for Sam, our picks of the week, and we will get out of here. Uh, but let's start it off. Trivia, first to 11, win by two. And I'll start it off. Which pro skater was not in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3? Do you need a list of skaters? What the? I could literally just name a skater. A pro, a pro skater. It's someone we know. It's not Joe Jamingo Gabab. It's a skater. I do have a. If you want, I've I've made a list. I was, you could do two things. I gave you. I give you four, and then if you guess it wrong, I could. There's a follow B to get you half a point, or I can <coughs> hand you a list of names, and the, one of the answers is on here. So you tell me what you want. Well, I like that you're going different than just a normal one. Yeah, yeah give me the list. So list. who is not on in the... Uh, yes. Just like a Tony Hawk game? So there's... No, in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, in there's Tony only one... Three. Yes. Three. There's only one person on there that's yeah. not in it. Musk is in there. Hawk is in there. Bobby's in there. Raleigh's in there. Costin's in there. Mullen. Cab, I think, is in there. And Bucky's in there. It's Bam. Incorrect. Is it Buck? Bob Bernquist. Uh, he was in one and two, but he was not in three. Huh. Dude. Bam's in three? Yeah. And it, it was his success with CKY2K. That's why mm. they brought him in. They said that It said that made three a huge success because they on, brought he Bam was in. On, he was on audio. This is a layup. Dude, I, Greg, I expect you to get this one. Like, I was like, all right. No, no. Th- your question is a fucking layup. Like, you have, it's a layup. Like you should have slam dunked it, or, or I. My question to you oh, is oh, a oh, layup. Oh, okay. For you, I do. I thought this was a layup for you. You're not gonna believe. That's paper. That's fine. You're not gonna believe that it's a skateboarding question. Okay. Now, wow. Okay. Yeah, you're I'll not take gonna it. believe that it's a skateboarding question. Cool. <clears throat> this is also a timely thing, but you you know you'll know it. It's a different answer now. The now answer now is Supra. But. Back when we skateboarded in the Tony Hawk Pro Skater days, what was Chad Muska's shoe sponsor? Chad Muska. 
I could tell you his board sponsor, but you'd know that. I have a shoe label. I kind of just want to say it, but I, I want it. It's between two. Has to be. I fuck. I, I'm torn between two. All right, I have to hear the names. <coughs> before we do this, oh, though, shit. Before we do this, um, you you might be hearing it now. There's a, oh, oh. an HVAC system that's going off in our place, and it is pretty loud. Um, so we just wanted to apologize. Hopefully, it doesn't affect it too bad. Yeah, we just wanted to apologize. Um, all right, you ready? Yeah. Is it S? Is it Circa? Is it Globe? Or is it Etnies? Etnies. Incorrect. It was Circa. Okay. Now, here's the caveat. Was, he was sponsored it, by S. It, it was point, it was but. Etnies or Osiris, whatever you said. Osiris that. was going to be on there, yeah. so I think you'd have... Yeah. Circa, I'm surprised you didn't know. Mm-hmm. I, you had them. Circa shoes? Mm-hmm. His Circas, you had them. Did I? I, mm-hmm. I, I... One time. Red leather, you had them. Circa, you sure it was me? Yep. Because I remember I skated Globes. You, you skated a pair. The Globes were the last shoes you ever skated. You had a pair of Vans that you skated in for Globes, a minute. Vans, and... I'm trying to think whatever else. Are you sure? I don't think mm-hmm. I ever had Muscas. You did. You did. Because you had your Chadillac Muscalade board, and you had his shoes. Yeah. I would have thought you were like a bigger Chad Muska fan yeah. than you actually were. I just recently just started following him on Instagram. Yeah, he's a funny. He's a fun yeah, follow. Yeah. He like skates sometimes now. Yeah, he's got a bad he's, back. He's bad back. Yeah. With the he still does those nasty just, front side flips. I, honestly, I don't even know like Bucky's shoe. I don't. I, I never followed anyone's like like that. You know what I mean? Bucky's shoe sponsor. That's a good question. Like I, I just I don't know. I can't remember Bucky Elastic shoe sponsor either. Uh, but anyways, so that is our trivia. It is still seven and a half to two and a half. I absolutely <coughs> should have gotten your question right. THPS three yeah. is one of my favorites. That's what I'm saying, dude. I was like, okay, it's my second. To favorite. be honest, the way I thought was like, if Playing I give Greg this, he almost wins this round because me coming back is is it's so far in the back. I'm basically trying to give you the game here. Yeah, but that's what I do. I choke under pressure generally, so that's what happens. And I, and I, and I can't fucking get a question right. Sam, before we go on to the movie section, let's talk a little Black Friday, Cyber Monday. What was your haul? I I legit only got one thing. Mm-hmm. I just got the Lego 1989 Batmobile. It's 3,306 pieces. It's humongous. I believe once it's built, I believe it's like 24 inches long and with probably like 7, 8 inches. So it's, it's fucking pretty big for a Lego. I am not putting it together because I don't have the patience. Thankfully, our we podcast brother, MRC Tech Sean, he's going to be putting it on, doing on his Twitch stuff. But... Along with that, they sent me, which I didn't even know I was getting. It was like a, a free Lego Christmas tree and a free 1989, like a mini limited edition Batmobile. I was like, oh, shit, cool. I mean, it was $250. Cool. Was that the Black Friday special price or is that just the time you decided to buy it? No, it's the day it came out. Okay. Like, it's just the day it came out. Um, <coughs> I kind of like what Lego did that they're only limiting. You can only buy two at a time, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that kind of like tells me, okay, they might be selling out this quick. A lot of the guys, we suspect that it was going to sell out in one day, and it, it didn't. It's still for sale. Uh, I, I haven't seen I haven't heard if it's not selling. It is, but all the people that I talked to on Instagram, we all got one. So stay, Sam, stay tuned for picks when, it, when it's eventually built. Sam sent me a photo of himself with these items. With said things. With these items that he's referring to, and my answer was not, dude, that's so cool, or congratulations, or anything. My answer was, 
I don't see a Nintendo Switch yep, in that it. photo. That's exactly what you said. Nope. <laughs> I was expecting you to hide it somewhere in the background, so I was yep. legitimately looking. I looked under your tree. Oh, wow. I looked in the back on the, the entertainment center. I am in the process of talking with someone that may be parting with their Switch. So, there's Do I that. know that person? Of course you do. Yeah. Does he have two? No. And he said this is extra? No. Oh, okay. So, I also know somebody who has an extra that they're looking to get rid of. Well, <coughs> I just would never buy one used. No, I was going to say, well, if so, fact, though, depending on pricing addition. Hook him up. Hook a brother up. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I have a feeling he'd give it to you for nothing. Oh. Not I, to keep, but like like our laptop situation where we had to give it back after a while. That's what I would think would or, be the same Or I could thing. do like the uh, like the, the Microsoft thing. I'd do like a rent-to-own type of deal. Oh. <laughs> think like about that. a dollar a month for 300 months. No. I mean, come on. I'll at least start with a bone. I'll throw him 10 bucks. Damn, but you won't go buy a goddamn Switch at that point. Holy shit, I would do that. You want mine? I'll just go out and buy a new one. Eventually, I'm going to capitalize on that. Uh, Yeah, I've been like, I'm waiting patiently for the day. My Pokemon Sword is still in its seal. So, like, if you want to, I will let you just have mine to play for a while. You don't have to go out and buy Uh, the game. You know, and here I thought that you were going to kind of open it up and, you know, catch all, like, you know, get their Pokemon so you can kind of converge and get everything. Yeah, but Jim... Nuij or uh, uh, I think I can I can never pronounce the name. Known him for ten years. Um, he's playing sword very actively, and we trade. Okay, so you're a couple fine. days okay. a week. I am thirty five away from filling the deck completely, shit. and thirty one <laughs> of them are sword. So wow, like, I'm, I'm. So you're waiting for him to. Catch I have. Them. I'm sorry, thirty so of them. I have five Pokemon left to catch in shield that I can, and everything else is sword. So I'm just waiting on him to kind of catch up to where I'm at, and he's well on his way. So. Um, just I will have hanging my decks around. <laughs> I can't even do it right now. Hanging around. I uh, I will have my decks filled hopefully by end of year. I hope by end That's of week. Impressive. I hope by end of week. But then I can get my shiny charm and go shiny hunting the real way. I'm sitting there oh, like an idiot you. for three hours last night trying to get a shiny score bunny and without get the shiny charm. No, I didn't get it. The odds are one in over five thousand. I ain't doing it. I can't do it. But I tried. What if you? What I just tried. What tried. If you I see a wild? Oh my god! There he is. And he, like, teleports like Abra. Two reasons that How will never happen. History. Number one, throw a master ball. Number one, he's a starter, so he won't appear in the wild. <laughs> number two, in the overworld, in Let's Go Pikachu, the shiny Pokemon appear as shiny in the overworld because that's the only yeah. way you can catch them. In this game, even if they're shiny, they don't appear that way in the overworld. You have to interact with them. And then uh, you see if they're forced, shiny. Okay, so it's it like a little bit. You. It's yeah. a little bit of like a butt pucker moment because oh every yeah. time you're like, "Is it shiny?" And then they do this fucking tease thing where you, when you run into a Pokemon and it zooms in on the Pokemon, it leaves it as a black silhouette for a minute, uh, okay, for like I just literally you. half a second. Hey, it's a half a second. So yeah. you can almost identify what it is real quick, yeah. and then but you don't know if it's shiny or not, and then it gives you the color. And I'm like, oh, every time, I'm like, what if it was shiny? You bastards! You sons of bitches! Um, so that was your only haul on, on Black Friday. Cyber Monday, nothing? No, I, I didn't. Actually, I, I bought a new wallet. That's no, good. I'm really, that counts. I'm, get, I'm getting old. I'm getting some, some thumb is shit Is it now. leather? Yeah, of course it is. It's black leather? 100% just black. You know, it's Brand. bad news not to have somebody put a 20 spot in your wallet. You should always have somebody put money in your wallet when you get it. Well, I didn't get it yet. It's when you get it, Thursday? before you open it and use it, you give it to somebody. Even if it's your own money, they put money in there and give it back to you. That is the good luck okay. charm with wallets. Oh, you should never, never get an empty wallet. Huh, never, I never heard that mm-hmm. one. Yep, yep, yep. Now, I'm not saying it has to be a 20 spot, but let's call it what yeah, it is. Right. Everybody could use a 20 spot. Yeah, yeah, that's a couple, I mean, Mc, I use five that's a couple McChickens, you no, know what I'm saying? But how about you? You're probably more of the, the Black Friday <laughs> shopper or the, or the Cyber Monday guy. Mm, not this year. Because to me, every day is Cyber Monday. I, for me, um, I'm on a very strict budget this time of year now. 
Helena's birthday is December yeah, 12th. That's, that's tough. And Christmas is two weeks later. Mm. So, um, and so this is her first birthday. So it's like we have a party coming up. We have her, all the gifts and stuff. So I can't say that we didn't spend a shit ton of money on Black Friday. We did. I just didn't. Yeah. Ashley went Black Friday shopping with her mom and she came home oh, with that's a, tradition, an right? entire yeah, car yeah, yeah. full of shit. So uh, when she told me the price, I said, hey, you could do worse, but holy fuck, that's a lot yeah. of money. So we have we did buy a lot of stuff, a Minnie yeah. Mouse uh, like car thing, a sports set, an activity well, set. I, I know she went all out. A tricycle thing. Like we went absolutely nuts on, on Helena. But myself, I only bought three things. Um, one of them is not even like a Cyber Monday, Black Friday deal. It was just time. So I figured why not? Yeah. The first thing I did get, um, for Black Friday was I did finally find I've been wanting this game for a while but I wasn't spending 40 bucks was uh <coughs> excuse me was ukulele and the impossible layer um, on any platform I just preferred on Nintendo Switch so I waited and waited and waited it was like 15 bucks on PS4 and I was like dude if I can't find it on Switch I'm just gonna buy it on PS4 yeah. that's a hell of a price and then I found it at Best Buy for 20 bucks oh, so okay. I picked that up um, I went to find Yoshi's Crafted World on Nintendo Switch for forty, but that sold out in like oh wow an hour, so I missed that unfortunately. Yeah. So I didn't get that game. Um, I got Spider Man Homecoming and Far From Home Double Pack Blu Ray for fifteen bucks. Oh, I was going to say that's funny. I got Far From Home seven fifty Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. Ne- the next day it went up to eighteen. Yeah. So I just, just got, I got lucky. it for fifteen Man, bucks for those the double pack. That's not bad. Um, yeah, I really like that movie. Um, so I got that. Uh, and then lastly, I got an iPhone 11. Oh, big so, boy. Yeah, play it. Play it. Play it. Play it. four cameras? Uh, just two. Just two. Yeah, they don't have, this one doesn't have the third camera. Oh, but my gosh. buddy, Alan Santos, uh, who's been on this show a couple times, good friend, um, he has the Pro Max, Maxi Pad Pro, whatever it's called. And uh, like the top one Maxi that he pays like, like 60 bucks a month for, <laughs> ridiculously. Yes. And he comes to my office and I'm just like, I want to get a new phone but do i want to get the 11 do i want to go get the 10 and save a couple bucks or the x and get it save a couple bucks he's like dude check this out and he gives me his paperweight i mean the damn phone is is heavy yeah and i turn it around i see the three camera thing i'm like that's three more cameras than i've ever had on a phone and so uh he goes to the camera and when i tell you that the quality of the iphone 11 pro max whatever camera is literally lifelike yeah it is the, the greatest camera i've ever seen there is you know how you can zoom in yeah this one even if i kept the phone still i can zoom out past zero percent and go into like the negative oh wow and you can get like a wide shot without That's... having to pull back the camera it was the coolest camera i've ever seen plus the night mode looks incredible you take That's a photo good. at night it's like you're in the daytime I think about concerts. If this was five years ago, the photos we would have gotten at yeah. shows would have been unreal. Now I just have blurry things with lights in the back. Yeah, you see two little figures <laughs> in the corner. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah like, and you can barely see them because the stage lights. I mean, I mean, the camera better be good for the price they're selling. The yeah. for so I, I have. I got the iPhone 11 in black. I went back to the black phone. The That's white, the white was sold out, and I didn't want purple, green, pink, or yellow. So I got the black phone, pretty cheap, like thirty-one bucks a month. No, that's average for the eleven. Yeah. It's pretty average yeah. considering I think I'm paying twenty seven. Considering I'm paying zero for this, it's a big jump for me. Yeah. But you know, I'm an adult, so I'll suck it up. Ah, you deserve it. Yeah, that's that's just really it. I wasn't. It was a very quiet Black Friday for me. Like I said, yeah. she spent a boatload of money, and we just have so many things coming up that I was like, let me take a back seat this year. Greggy's okay with with not. Yeah, going like, I'm, and I'm nuts. more of like a last, like last, like minute. 
last week, last couple of days, I kind of get all my shopping done and, you know, real fast. Like, I, I can't just, like, start early and nitpick it. I don't know. I, uh, I know that next year, maybe the year after that, depends on um, some family stuff, that I think the next big Black Friday purchase for us is going to be a new TV. I, I was like, it has to be a TV. Yeah, we're going to. you uh, saw videos of people <laughs> in Walmart fighting for TVs. I saw that on Facebook. I would probably just order it online. Um, I, we're, we're going to Best Buy or something. We're looking at. Um, for down here, we're gonna look at a wall mount. Yeah, that would, that would look good. And do a, a an eighty two down here, um, and then a seventy five mounted in the living room. Generally, that's like the opposite. People, a lot of people nowadays have the big TV up in the living room. Um, this wall is so small that an eighty two would fill it really well, and I would just get a new entertainment center. Yeah, like that's low, all. Like lower, lower. Yeah, that's all you need to kind of make it look yeah. more centered. Um, I am shit ass petrified of an eighty two fucking inch television because where am I going to put all those wires? So I might want to I might want to get like those like looks like a bar that goes down the middle that you hide yeah, the yeah. wires behind. Yeah, so. you probably definitely well, have to get that. I think that's the next big purchase for this family is a couple big ass motherfuckers. Yeah, it's and you guys use it, you know, especially for you know. The, the I don't come one. down in this room. This TV is tiny. I don't come down in this room very often. It just looks tiny because the couch is far. That's a that's a hard bargain. For me. My, so my basement's the same way. I have a 47 in the basement and the you couch You have the exact same, same basement layout as I do. So it's just like yeah, it's it's a little far. So it's like that's kind of why like I'd want to I almost ordered the giant beanbag on Amazon was like 150 humongous. I would set that right here and I think that'd be like a perfect Yeah, thing. I I sit down in this chair right here next to you and I watch TV in it, but like you can only do that for so long. I want to be on my couch. Yeah. And like this TV, it's 48 inches or 42. No, it's 48. Yeah, 48. It's 48 inches. And like some people out there, like that's not that small. But when you have a 65 inch in every other room and also your couch is a Far good shit, yeah. 15 feet away, that's tough. I got, I got eye problems. I can't see everything. I'm looking back there. I'm like, what's the score? How much time's left in a flight? I can't yeah, that, see. Yeah, that is kind of true. And then she wants to dress it up with all the garland and shit for Christmas. Yeah. Right here. I can't see jack shit on yeah. this television. Yeah, but that was our Black Friday and Cyber Monday haul. Small compared to previous years. But starting tomorrow, I'm going to have the iPhone 11. So I'm looking forward to that because I hate cell phones so much. The iPhone 11 doesn't have a home button, so that's confusing and frightening for me. And yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely going to have to get used to that. And uh, I was content with going to the 8, but for like 9 bucks more a month, Shout I can get it. the 11 with 128 gigs. Like, I'm yeah, in. I mean, I got 128 on mine. It's I'm just, in on it's, that. It's, hey, for music, I don't know movies, what, stuff like that, podcast. I don't have iTunes anymore. I don't have a computer. So, like, I have no idea what that storage space is going to. I'll just take really long, obnoxious Dude, I videos. haven't plugged my phone. My actually phone doesn't even plug in on iTunes anymore. It just yeah. doesn't work. I Spotify. Like, what do I need nah, iTunes for good. anymore? You know what I mean? So what do you need all that space for? Nothing. Pictures. Long videos. Pictures and videos. I'm just going to I'm gonna just read a book. Do a time-lapse video. Oh, my God. Beautiful. <laughs> you take those face. All right, let's start off in the movie section tonight, Sam. Black Widow got a teaser trailer. I, I actually thought it looked great. I, did you? I, I, thought it okay. looked, I thought it looked really fun. I just did not like how Taskmaster looked. I think that's the overarching yeah. sentiment from a lot of fans is he didn't 100%. look great. Um, because It's not his mask. Like, no. Stupid. <laughs> because I don't have, like, a really long track record with him as a villain. And I don't, I don't, I didn't really What's he, care. Lord Zed? That's, that, that's the vibe I got. That's totally the vibe I got. Just, just plain and simple. Like, that's rest it. In, rest in peace. Yeah, like, um, that's it. But yeah, other than that, the, the fighting scene looked great when she's kind of fighting her, you know, sister that you know, I guess went to the. That's what I loved. Did. I love the opposite agent in this. She is played by um, 
can't remember her name, but she plays Paige in Fighting With My Family, the movie about okay. Paige the Wrestler. She plays Paige. Paige. So okay. she actually does a really nice job in that movie. She does a good job in this so far from what I've seen. She does a pretty decent Russian accent uh, in this. I liked it. It was like a sister cop drama buddy thing almost. like a, That was like where I got the vibes from. Now, I forget the timeline. Is this pre-Infinity yeah, yeah. War? Because they're going to show a scene from... That they're going to, I guess they're going to show us Budapest because one of the oh, city okay, yeah. I saw Charlie, he said that that one scene that it's in Budapest, that one statue or whatever. But one thing with like uh, was uh, a lot of people were saying what Red Guardian mm-hmm. that um, that was David Harbor with David Harbor. He is that was funny as shit. Like though. To, like oh, that looks funny because if you don't know who Red Guardian is he is um, Russia's Captain America. Like the same thing that did the cap. That's how he turned out. But now he's a little overweight, and you know that. They even there. said it. He's like, "You got fat." Is it and he still fits in his suit? Like, and <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of can't wait to see him and uh, Taskmaster kind of go at it. Because if yeah. you know, if you know Taskmaster, he mimics you. Mm-hmm. All he needs is like a thirty seconds, and bam, he's he knows your moves and he copies you, and that's why he's, he's super tough to take down. Yeah, I got a lot of um, I got a lot of uh, mom the meatloaf vibes from. David Harbour's character. Okay. okay. Like, I can picture him yeah. being like the superhero that like retired. Like he's almost like uh um just sits in like his mom's basement. Like the I'm trying to think like the guy who eats the hair from oh, that Doom guy, Patrol. Yeah, that guy, that guy, like yeah. I got a lot of his vibes yeah. too from David Harbour's character. But that's unfortunately the reasons I'm excited for this movie are because of the the girl who plays Paige in front of my yeah. family, the opposite. I mean Scarlett Johansson, we know and is, David Harbour's ooh, character. Another thing I really love, they showed her in her white outfit. Yeah, I love it on the bridge. Uh, it's, scene. My, it's my that I've always loved, even when she did a Spider Man pose, but that's okay. She dropped yeah. down like, yeah. sp- like she like was on like, and I was always kind of curious, like, are we ever going to see her in that white outfit? And, and just to get that in the trailer, like that, that was kind of cool. Like they, they threw some really, really neat stuff at us. And I, I, I think Marvel's got another hit. It's just, I, I just don't know how I'm going to feel is about probably, this. Is probably from a female perspective, it's probably going to be better than Captain Marvel as a film, but I also think it's going to do better. I, I mean, I hope. I mean, that movie made over a billion, so well, it's that, you know. This is going to as well, and, and I say that because Scarlett Johansson has been in the MCU since 2012, or actually no, before that, Iron Man two, Iron Man two, 2010. So she's been in the, the franchise for almost 20 years, or almost 10 years. I mean, her her solo film was it's definitely a long time coming. But when you think about it, she's been in there so long. Whereas. Uh, Brie Larson, her first introduction to the MCU was this movie. There was no yeah. Captain Marvel before the movie, so there was like people were like, "Who the fuck is this again?" Am I, I like, this even though she filmed her scenes at Avengers first, like, it was like, weird. Yeah, people were like, "Do do I even go?" They didn't know that, and like Avengers came out after this movie, so it's like, "Do I go see it? Do I not?" Now it did very very well, but this is Scarlett Johansson number yeah. one. She carries. She is. The highest paid actress every year yeah. in Hollywood. She's extremely well known. She's extremely well liked. We both love her. Yep. She has. She's playing a character that, unfortunately, if you've watched Endgame, you kind of know how it ends. But like for her uh, and, character, and besides like you know, it was, it was Endgame. We had Spider Man. It's like Black Widow. So it's like it's the are, first MCU film since July of last year. Yeah. So people are kind of like you know, getting the itch again. You're, you know, we're, we're missing it. We haven't got our Marvel fix. So yeah. I mean, hey, I, I think it's going to do fantastic. I just like like, what, like me. I just heard a lot of people complain about Nightwing or yeah. Nightwing uh, Taskmaster. I think this is going to outgross Captain Marvel. I think it'll be. close. I, I hope it. Do- I hope it does. I yeah. hope it does great. I think it'll be close, but I think we're going to get that. Uh, speaking of movies that did over a billion, Todd Phillips speaks directly to IGN uk about a joker sequel we've gone back and forth about is there a sequel is there not what's going on here and todd phillips sat down with ign uk and here's the quote uh to quote well there was that push even before joker came out 
A movie does that kind of business and became that beloved around the world. They had just talked to us about it. Joaquin and I had spoken about it anyway as far back as when we were shooting the movie. But, in all honesty, we haven't gone very fur- or much further on it. Even Warner Brothers hasn't. I think they're just giving us time. And if we can't figure it out, I'm sorry, if we can figure it out and Joaquin's down to do it, then we would do it. We just haven't gotten near that yet. So, to me, that says inevitable, but still nothing official. Yeah, I, I, like we both said in past podcasts, rather, lead, let this one be a standalone. If Todd Phillips wants to keep doing these DC black labels, just, again, pick another villain. Leave Joker alone. It's getting a sequel, though. Pro- I mean, hey, with that, with that much money, the studio is they're throwing money at them right now. They're just getting money thrown at them. And I think eventually just we can only take so much. But then again, I don't know. Todd Phillips has – he made a boatload from the Hangover trilogy, so he really don't need the money to be honest. No, I don't think anybody in Hollywood needs the money. Yeah, There's but a... I, don't, I, I just really hope he just – Sometimes doesn't... it's more than money. Yeah, though, just too. don't do it for a paycheck unless you guys come up with there. some crazy-ass story that it, let it, or if, that it can tie in with, with Robert Pattinson's Joker. Because why, why do it? Why continue a sequel if you're going to cast or have another Joker cast completely in another movie? Just, I mean, leave it one, just leave it one and done. You, you, I would hate for them to have this one come out. It, like, it was loved by most people. And then the second one comes out and it's dog shit and it, and it gets reviewed like shit. Then you kind of like, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Listen, man. Some people, believe it or not, don't just do things for the paycheck. There are passion projects. And this sounds like something that Todd Phillips is very passionate about. And maybe he just wants the film made. But what this interview and what that quote told me is that he doesn't have the idea yet. Yeah, it's not there. So I'm not, I don't want a sequel if the idea wasn't already around before the first movie. To me, I write the movie with a trilogy in mind where I have the next stories already in my head and I can build it off that. I don't just come up with something. When you already have the first one made without the second one in mind and you come together at the writing table, that's where bad things happen. Yep. That's where bad movies are made. It's when they're just kind of thrown together because you are you think, oh, the first one did well. Let's make another one as opposed to writing the movie with the sequels already yeah. in mind. Um, if that was the case, I'd feel a lot more confident about the quality of the almost probably inevitable sequel. Uh, switching to another Todd, Todd McFarlane says that the Spawn reboot film is going to happen. He says it's more when, not if. And he has some friends that want to help make that happen if a studio is not there. Yeah, I mean that's very vague. I mean, he said no matter what, you we will get a sorry. Spawn movie. We just don't know when. Obviously, we all thought it'd be a little sooner that they'd be filming already. Yeah, or doing. Who, who got cast as Spawn again? Jamie Fox. That's right. So I mean, we got a big name to play. It just they can't lie. You know, if a studio can't agree or just having creative differences, just. I, I would imagine it's more about the content of the movie because the first one was very dark. It was very nineties, but it was that's very what I'm dark. Saying, like, Spawn's I think the a very dark wants character. One thing. Todd wants to keep it dark and gritty. Joker was, albeit met with some criticisms for being as dark as it was. Yeah. I don't see that. I didn't think it was actually as dark and as violent as some people yeah. made it out to be. Uh, but Spawn is a very, very like mysterious, dark, broody, yep. pretty fucking uh, like uh, violent character. He's almost like the Punisher in yeah. that way. Yeah. And the Punisher doesn't have a home in theaters. The Punisher's a home on Netflix. So like, I can see that studios aren't just jumping in this day and age. Unfortunately, we're a little soft nowadays. Yeah. Um, I, I don't th- – maybe the studios just aren't jumping at it. But I think with a guy like Todd McFarlane who has, A, the the, the history, the reputation, B, the, the, the standard of quality, the 
and he and he knows the people that get kn- the job and, done and the people that would back him. And this isn't like somebody else who has the rights who's making the film. He created Spawn. Yep. Who else can tell a better story? So he's got all the clout. It's just about trying to find that right partnership. Yep. And I appreciate him waiting on that rather than just, just releasing it. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate the, the the fact he wants to wait for quality because a Spawn movie. As much as I didn't love the first one. I did love John Leguizamo's character, the clown. I did love that. I actually liked the how Spawn looked in that. Very dark, very gritty. Uh, but I actually appreciate that he's going to sit on it and make the right film, which makes me excited to see the film in the first place. And it was Keith David voicing Was it? How did it, I not know I, that? I believe it was Keith David. Holy shit. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker is projected to earn $175 to $200 million domestically. That would put it right there in line with The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens. I don't think that part is necessarily news. Um, but coming off maybe the controversy that is The Last Jedi, what I think is news is the ceiling. We've talked about this a little bit before. Does this film have a chance, and I think the answer is yes, to be the highest grossing film of all time? And if not the all-time beating Endgame, does it have a chance to outgrow Seven? Seven was the first Star Wars movie in a decade, and it's picking up this new trilogy, so it's tough, but this is ending the the Skywalker saga. This is a big deal. I mean, I don't see it beating Endgame. It's got our 27 bucks. It definitely does. I just don't see it beating that, but it's it's definitely going to be up there. It just... Eight can left. it beat? Can it beat Episode Seven, which is the only other thing out there besides? I mean, it, it could beat to. eight, <laughs> and it's crazy. Eight's not that far off from seven. That's how well Star Wars movies do. Don't get me wrong. It's just you know how bad, bad did eight did leave that taste in your mouth? Because eight, a lot of people. I I, I know. Here's the counter. Even Sean said it. He yep. goes now after seeing it. I'm picking up more I of get the flaws. It. But like counterpoint, eight feels like forever ago. That movie. Feels it seems like it came out last like year. it came out to me. It feels like it really? came out five years ago. Wow. Yeah. All we had in between was solo, but like it feels like forever mm-hmm. since I walked out of that theater at eight thirty in the morning, sat in my car, and did an Instagram video saying, "Guys, I just saw the Last Jedi, and it was meh." And I stopped the yeah, video. Yeah, it's a movie that I don't even know that if it ever would be on the rotation. If it would do it, I'd pick out certain parts or watch certain scenes and just kind of. Jump, hop, and skip. I don't know. I think I'll go with like never seeing it again. I think, I think, unfortunately, I will have to watch it before we go see nine just to get the recap side of it, just to like pick up the characters I again. I don't even know if I bought it on Blu ray yet. It's on Netflix and Disney Plus. I, or it's coming on Disney Plus this month. So I'm, I'm completely fine with not ever buying it. Only in the physical, physical copy. But yeah. I do. It's right there. So, um, I yeah, I, I definitely like to own everything. Of If I'm going to start, I'm going to finish yeah, the of collection. Course. Um, just not when it comes to The Walking Dead. Uh, no Time to Die, with Sam said earlier, is getting a trailer. It's out now, but it's not out now now. So we haven't seen yeah. it yet because it comes out Wednesday. But by the time you're hearing this episode, it's out now. It's on our social media. Go check it out. There was like a 15-second teaser. Yeah, I'm hyped. And that was a pretty good damn teaser. <laughs> I'm hyped. It's, hey, I, I, dude, I love Daniel Craig as Bond. I really want you to watch Casino Royale. Like, I truly believe that oh, is shit. I truly good, believe. good call out. That's I was um, searching hard for a movie the other night to watch, and you couldn't remember it. I couldn't remember what movie. I said I'm on, I'm on here. I was on Amazon's yeah. Prime thing looking to, to rent it, and I was like, "There's a movie Sam said to watch." Yeah, Casino and I Royale. said I wanted to, and I couldn't think of it. 
and especially you know us like you you know we both know we love like poker and stuff like that which it's so much about like that it's included in the movie i think daniel craig is great and i think i I can't wait to see him kind of go at it as a bang as james bond i i have no interest i have no interest to see the movie Right now, yeah. because I haven't watched yeah, the Daniel you Craig don't, Bond you don't, film. You never seen his Bond, so how would you know? And I, so, what is it? Casino Royale. It's like oh, I don't, I don't know the order, but it's like that. It's like Quantum of Solace. That's it, Quantum of Solace. Um, yeah. There's like I think Spectre, and then one more. And then this uh, is only four, right? Yeah, four. And this will be the fifth Skyfall. That's it. And this will be the yeah. fifth Craig movie. Uh, in the box office, pretty chalk. Um, Pretty, pretty chalk. Pretty surprising number two. I'm really happy to see. But number 10, hanging on the list, staying at number 10 from last week at $1.9 million. Domestic is Joker. Number nine, sure. staying at number five at $2 million is Last Christmas. Number eight, falling from number five at $3.9 million is Midway. Number seven, falling from number six is Playing With Fire at $4.2 million. Oh, sure. Number six, from number four at five point five is 21 Bridges. Number five, Falling from number three, I thought it was going to have a pretty big second week because of all the Frozen 2 people. They kind of saw that movie when to go back to the theater. But at $11.7 million, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I really want yeah. that movie to do well. I really I do. I think it still did. I think it made everything back because it had a low budget. But just like the fact that you opened on Frozen 2 yeah. days, just, just a shooting yourself in the foot. Number four, new to the list, at 11.8. This kind of seems like it was a bomb. I don't know the, the um, budget for the film, but... Like, when I think about similar films in the genre, it seems like 11.8 Domestic is low. Is Queen and Slim. Uh, oh, that actually looks good, yeah. Didn't get great reviews. Oh, that's, that's a shame. Uh, unanimously didn't get great reviews. Uh, I think this is one of those films that the audience score is going to be a lot higher yeah. than the critics score, especially for the message of the film. So that's good to hear that uh, it at least did go at number four, but I was expecting maybe a little bit more. I was expecting it to maybe beat Ford versus Ferrari in week two. It's week two of Ford versus Ferrari. That movie's done uh, 13.1 this week. It's at number three. It fell from number two. And number two, new to the list, happy to see it, 26.7 million domestic knives out. And that got great, yeah, great reviews. Re- every, two people I talked to said it was fantastic. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to watching Daniel that Daniel Craig film. was hilarious. Was like, Daniel Craig, James Bond, come on. And number one, staying at number one at 85.9 million, continuing to shatter records, yeah. is Frozen 2. No surprise. No, I don't, uh, still haven't seen it. Won't see it probably until it comes out, just because it's really difficult to go to the movies, especially when you want to take your uh, one-year-old and your one-year-old can't go to the movies yeah. and it's for her. So that that's a little difficult. But uh, coming out this week, you know, again, it's I know we, we jumped ahead last like, week. We yeah. jump, we jump everywhere. I would say they're good <laughs> at all times. Uh, but, go watch the beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah, uh, we are at December twentieth, which is. Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, uh, The Rise of Skywalker, Cats, Bombshell, Invisible Life. So not much coming out because of st- uh, Star Wars. But again, I said this last week. Cats, you done fucked up. You coming out yeah. on a Star Wars week? You done fucked up. Like you didn't learn from the Die movie? S- speaking of you done fucked up, as we move into the television section, Sam, what are your impressions of the finale of season two of Titans? Which is weird because both seasons came out in 2019. So if you wanted yeah. to put it on your list, you can kind of just say Titans. Uh, but what would you think of the finale for season two? For overall finale, I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, okay. It's different than the critical reception for it. The only thing – well, I, I think they're going to tie into it later. Um, 
They have a great fight scene of Nightwing, Deathstroke, and then Ravager shows up all in costume. I I, I probably love it more just seeing Nightwing on live action. To me, that's like my friggin' favorite, and, and Brendan Thwaites is, is, is fantastic. And the the actor that plays Deathstroke, he is freaking awesome. When I when he was first cast, I, I, I think I even said on the podcast that I don't say it. I didn't think he was it was a good cast and he kinda blew me away. He's actually great. But it it brings the team together to take down Taskmaster or Taskmaster Jesus Christ. To to fight Deathstroke. Um there may there actually there may be a death in the Titans. So you, him or her, I'll leave it up to you guys to find out or watch it. Um, other than that, you know, some some characters made some moves. Um, Jason Todd was in it for a half a second, and he goes. So I was there. I know a lot of us were kind of hoping the ending would be maybe him dying or something like that to, to introduce Jason Todd season three. So that gets pushed back, um, which is debuting in twenty twenty. They did confirm it, by the way. So season three is coming pretty soon. Um, and then you know the the end. You know you find out some stuff happened that there was an episode that Bruce Wayne kind of brought them together. You kind of find out that wasn't Bruce; it was something else, which that was pretty cool. And then the end credit scene, they basically tease who's going to be the next villain. So overall, I I, I enjoy oh, as a season overall. I season two was a lot better than season one. The episode is titled Nightwing. For all the Titans builds itself as an ensemble superhero series, it also consistent. It's also consistently great when focused on Dick Grayson. Yeah. Dick's debut as Nightwing and reconciliation with Bruce Wayne caps off a well-realized journey in season two. Sadly, the finale can't do justice to most of the rest of the cast. This episode is too quick to move through the dramatically rich Wilson family conflict, fixating instead on a far more underwhelming battle with Cadmus. The finale pays the price for the show's insistence. Uh, on trying to juggle too many characters and stories. Seven oh six. They they did have a lot of characters and and you know there were like some stories that you're like like I told in two episodes ago. Why would Hank leave Dawn? That was stupid. Mm-hmm. All his reasons were dumb. Him getting money. It, it, some of that was kind of stupid, but for, overall I, it was it was an he improvement. just done fucked up for leaving Minka. Yeah, and but overall I thought it was an improvement with it with. with from season one. What would you think of the Harley Quinn series uh, premiere? Yeah. Spoiler free. Pre- spoiler free. Yeah, I got to say no spoilers. Um, I talked to a few people who heard some. Just, just to get a little people like, where were you on this? Because for me, like, it was just, it was different. Is it actually out on DC Universe? Yeah, it's now? out. Or just episode one is. And, you know, episode two mm-hmm. this Friday it drops as today. Um, it just, it's, it's a hard R. Do not, I, if you have younger kids that Harley Quinn, my daughter loves it and she's real young. Nah, skip this. This is, this is your Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn. No, this is that on like steroids. This is F bombs left and right. There's blood gore, people blowing up. Like it's, it's pretty, the animation looks good. Um, hearing Kaylee Cuoco, you just hear her and I was, I look at her, but I just think of like from the nerd show. Yeah, from Big Bang. Theory. Big Bang. So I, I, her voice, I, I still have to kind of get used to it. Um, I'm liking Alan Tudyk as Joker. Mm-hmm. He, he is he is a pretty good voice actor. I You could tell he's trying to channel Mark, that's like a Mark second, Hamill. That's his second uh, DC Universe appearance of the year. Yeah, that is. Um, the, the cast was good. That you know, An Arkham, they're showing you all DC villains, which is pretty cool. Um, Nightwing, voiced by uh, Diedrich Bader. Mm. You know, he, he's back. If you watched... Um, was it not beware the Batman? Um, uh, it's not on DC Universe. It, whatever after the Batman animated show, the, the um, Brave and the Bold. Mm-hmm. He was the voice of Batman five seasons there. He's back as this. I mean, hey, it's got a shot. It's just going to take me getting used to because that's not the Harley, like a Harley cartoon I grew up watching. So I just kind of got to get used to the violence and kind of where they're going. But I like that they're kind of playing her <laughs> with girlfriends with poison ivy and 
I'm interested to see where it's go. I'm still gonna still gonna watch it. It didn't suck enough for me to go. No, I'm done. Yeah, the way you texted me and said like it was okay, I thought you would be out. And, but, and, uh, it, and it's something that's not 50 minutes. It was 21 minutes. It was short and sweet. Something that I don't have to you know I'm not wasting my whole day on you know. Mm-hmm. But hey, give it a chance if you know if you're old enough. Give it a shot. Yeah, I like it. You have to throw the caveat in there. Hey, I, I'd rather say that than say, hey, here's my four-year-old daughter watching this. No. Uh, so our, our last spoiler-free impressions of the week. Oh, really not spoiler-free. Sometimes we go pretty he- heavy spoilers on The Mandalorian. But uh, episode four of The Mandalorian uh, came out. Uh, episode five is out today. Uh, but episode four is out. We watched it, and, and we haven't talked about it yet. To me, this showed the lowest point of the series so far. Granted, only four episodes in, small sample size. But is that something you agree with, or is this no. continued for me the strong? No, hundred percent. This is the weakest out of the four. I, I, I think that's. I think I talked to one person who lo- like loved it, but to me, there's like, a strong contingent of folks that love it online. No, no. I think you're always gonna have that when it's online. But I mean, we got we got. Baby Yoda sipping bone broth. Like, that was, could that's have been the great. best thing ever seen. Yeah. Like, that was cute that's as the hell. New, that's the funny. new Kermit. Yeah, exactly. Tea the, meme. Tea, the tea thing. You know, I mean, hey, it's great. Like, he's cute as shit. Yeah. Gina Carano, uh, she, she, she really. She, she was underdeveloped and rushed. Yeah, she really didn't do nothing for me. I don't me. know if she's going to be a mainstay character. Yeah. This was her only episode. Yeah, they they, don't, they don't give you yeah. any context if this is an. an well, you just kind of say, if I see you again or something like that. Like, they, they're. They meet, they don't know each other, then they fight, then they're friends with no, all they did was point a gun at each other and say, you want some soup? And now they're besties. Well, it, they saw Baby Yoda. I, I, I got it. And I understand, like, you have to tell a, sh- a story in a short amount of time. But she This never, episode was longer. But you got to think, she kind of thought he was calling for her for her money, but he wasn't. He was just, what are you, what are you here for? Like, he don't want no trouble. But again, if you've seen Seven Samurai, that's yep. literally what the episode was about. Yep. Whether, if you Which, saw the, the old movie, the black and white, or if you saw the Keanu Reeves, whatever you saw, mm-hmm. it's... It's some basically- some people even say the um what's the western the magnificent seven I think it's called I think it's I not think the hateful eight it's the magnificent yeah, seven I think you're there's talking, a western but you think you're talking about seven samurais no 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 there's a western that people are also saying like that's the newer age that also draws some seven samurai okay. so if you haven't seen that. Then that'll work as like some decent source material, but yes, yeah, so, so if if you saw that movie, you know, when you're younger, as it came out, like that one it's, came this out is years a western. ago. This is a western. It's, That's what this is. They hire seven samurai yeah. and they train their farmers to protect their village from people that are ravaging their crops. And like this, just, is, just exactly granted, this is only two of them. Um, but that's what this is. You see a, a village that gets attacked. They don't want to get attacked again. So now all of a sudden the Mandalorian's there for no really apparent reason. Uh, and Gina Carrado's character's there, and then they all of a sudden come together and teach them how to defend themselves, and then guess what? We get a battle scene at the end, and we see if it worked or not. I mean, it's a very straightforward A to B storyline. There isn't really a lot of uh, B stories happening in the show. It's very A-centered. It's the Mandalorian and his week-to-week like conquest. It's like almost like a baddie of the week thing. I don't see a lot of like... This to me was an episode that if you missed the other three and you happened to just jump in here, you wouldn't be totally lost. You'd be like... Okay, I get it. He's the main character. I get it. He looks like that guy from the Star Wars yeah. movies, Boba Fett. So, like, I can see that. And he looks like he's a goody bad yeah. guy. You don't really know yet. Like, it's, it's not a show where you're like, oh, I missed last week's episode. The plot, I got to remember it. You just ask yourself, what the fuck's that little Yoda thing? How, how did you think the walker looked? It's pretty it's bad. Yeah, really bad? You yeah, bad? pretty bad. Um, I mean, his I, legs I, a little bit. You yeah, know, you can tell I, it was a little wonky. I but. love the practicals in this show. And when they drop something like, 
not so obviously a practical effect yeah. <laughs> and more of like a CG I kind of wanted the cockpit view. Like, see what the guy's seeing as he's shooting, like, you know, because they had the light, they're trying to blind the thing. Like, I yeah. wanted to see his view, like, but yeah, whatever. What The race of villain in that episode has only been seen, like, once before in, like, uh, I think it was episode two really briefly. So this was like a brand new race of villains yeah. that attempt to take over. So it's cool that like John Favreau, Bryce Dallas Howard is uh she directed. Yeah. They're, they're like going deep into the lore yeah. to try and find, you know, which which I I want from this show. I want them to travel to different plants. I want to see different creatures. Don't show me the same shit that I've seen for four yeah. years. Yeah. This was the longest. I think it was the longest episode so far of the season uh or yeah, of the it series. Was, it was. So like I was really hyped. To, to like hit the play button and be like, oh my god, I get to watch a lot of this show. Yeah. And I just, I didn't feel it. I thought this was rushed as hell. I didn't give a shit about the characters. I didn't care about the the village at all. There was a very weirdly rushed and forced love thing. Yeah. It yeah. was so weird. Tried, I just how do you so, that she's alone at, you know, he's so alone. So out of place. And... and then they tease you with the helmet thing. Dude, you're. 20 feet away okay. from those four okay. people, okay. they just had to go like this. And oh, no. look, oh, you're, you're and talking about you no, when he's eating. Yes. Okay, I was going to say the same thing. I was like, my question, what, of all that, why would he do that? There's people like right there. Right like, there. Legit. Just they because are, the camera's not focused on doesn't no. mean I can't say it. They are 20 feet away from you. Yeah. Four of them. And one of them's the chick who yeah, likes that, you, who has a reason to yeah, look over. That's that's something I don't And she understand. just asked yeah. you, when will you take your or when's the last time you took your helmet off? And if I see out of my peripheral this motion. Just eating? Of somebody yeah. eating or taking a helmet, I'm like looking, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that, that one. <laughs> it was very weird. That one definitely left me like scratching my head, like, man, did I miss something? Yeah, don't take this the wrong way about the show, but I'm just waiting for some consequence. Like, what is going to happen that's going to say to me, oh shit, this is a real conundrum? Yeah, he's in actual danger. So far, there has been nothing that I wasn't like. Well, I he's mean, getting out of this. Well, I mean, the only danger when he fought that big giant. Fucking rhinoceros, and, and he that killed was, it with a pocket knife. You no, know, again, like so that's another thing. Like one stabby stab with a pocket and, knife, and that, to me, like that's probably like my biggest complaint so far of the show. Of something like like an episode that I actually love, like that little dink killed him. Yeah, I have no like. Again, I love the show, so that's not where I'm trying to come. Oh with shit! This. I'm gonna day one Friday. I'm off. Yeah. Guess what I'm watching at nine a.m. Right, this Mandalorian it's, episode. It's a great show, so yeah. I don't want to take anything away from it. And even its bad episode was still good. Or even its weakest episode was still good. Um, I think it's something really special. I think it's turning on a lot of Star Wars fans into bigger Star Wars fans. Yeah. I found myself yesterday watching a two and a half hour documentary of how the original trilogy was made. Which it's not something I do. I don't. Yeah. I love documentaries, but not about Star Wars. Yeah, you're so, not like, that much of a nerd. But I found myself enjoying it. Yeah. And then guess what? I was so inspired by that documentary. I watched Batman and Bill again. That's what I felt like doing. Batman and Bill. Yeah. The Bill Finger. Oh, Bill Finger doc. Okay. I like. I felt like watching that, so I went and watched it yesterday, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this is wow. my life at this moment in time. It's good to hear. Laying in bed alone at, at three a.m. Cold <laughs> at three a.m. because my daughter refuses to sleep. But that was episode four of The Mandalorian. We'll have our episode five impressions next week because we are again recording this on Tuesday. Even though you're hearing it the day episode five releases, we haven't seen it yet. The MCU. Uh, source MCU Cosmic, which is not to me a reputable source, so take this with a grain of salt until it's real, uh, reports that Moon Knight will feature Jack Russell, aka the Werewolf, aka Werewolf by Night. I mean, th- this kind of <coughs> is, like a, is a no-brainer. 
because <clears throat> Moon Knight's first appearance was in Werewolf by Night 32. Yep. Which, you know, they they hired to kind of track this guy Jack Russell down, and he figures out that Jack Russell's actually not... He's, he's not the bad guy that this other group of people are. So, I mean, hey, if, if the werewolf is in here, all in. Sign me you up. You texted me this, and I didn't answer, because I actually didn't realize you texted it to me for a while. Yeah. I have no idea who the fuck that is. So, as a casual fan who knows Moon Knight and it's is really interested there, what is his story? I, I just think he got bit by... I, if I'm not, I haven't spent a while since I read fucking werewolf by night but i believe he got bit by something or maybe scratched by something and he got the i guess the link he's of, link definitely of a villain no no he's because he doesn't know what he does when he's the werewolf but he's kind of being controlled by this council and then they hire moon knight to take him down then he figures out oh jack is really not the bad guy they're using him for the werewolf so then he goes gets the council gotcha our last story in television is, did the Witcher uh, executive producer Tomok Bajinski or Baginski uh, just tease an animated series? I mean, I'm in if it is sold. So he was doing an interview and he said something along the lines of, someone said, hey, do you see this ever becoming an, an animated series? And he said, well, I wouldn't say it's not. Uh, maybe we're going to see something like that in the future. And I'm like, god damn. Just basically came out and said that's it. That's pretty much on the nose. Now, I can't see this as animated. This doesn't feel right to me. We have the video games, which are like... So you're, you're telling me you couldn't see an animated Witcher done by, like, um... The guy who does Castlevania. Addy Shakur. Yeah. In. Sold. Yeah. Take my money. You yeah. have my time. I'm in for all seasons. And I'll take A man for all seasons. Exactly. I'll take over in gaming. Do we have anything new to say or add in Pokemon Sword Shield? I kind of did earlier when I mentioned I'm 35 away from completing yeah. my decks. I'm really excited to get the shiny charm so I can start shiny hunting. It'll be like the last thing I do. Uh, my goal, to me, me 100%ing this game will be finishing my decks and catching one shiny. Like when I catch my shiny, I'm going to say, okay, I can put it I, on the... I caught one in a gazillion. I'm I, done. I get, And I have everything else there is to get in that game. I've beaten everybody. I've gotten all the cards. I've gotten all that stuff. I've hunted down the wild area, so like, I'm very, very satisfied. I'm 56 hours in now, I oh. think. Um, so I'm still loving it. I still think about it all the time. Like when I'm not playing it, I want to be playing it. Uh, and then lastly, I discovered these are a lot of things I didn't do until after the game was over because I didn't want to over level my shit because I knew the rewards I was going to get. So after the game, as I'm filling up my decks and they're going in the boxes, yeah. you know about yep. boxes yep. on the PC. Yep, they just kind of sit there. And you don't do anything with them except for rearrange them and then trade them with your friends. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's really all you do. So what this game does a really great job at is giving you something to do with your boxed Pokemon. It's called Poke Jobs. You go up to the PC and it says Poke Jobs and it gives you like a board, like a bulletin board of different um, tasks. Okay. And it says, it says take 34 grass types up to 34 for five stars experience and, you know – my barn needs to get cleaned or something like that. So I take all so my grass gain, types. So they like HP? Well, so I, they, I take all my grass huh. types in my box. I send them away on this job. You can send them away for an hour, a half a day, or a full day. Obviously, your reward is of greater course, of course. the longer they're in there. So I just send them all away for a day. I don't need them. Yeah. For I can survive without my Sudowoodo for one day. Yeah. So I send them all for a day no matter what. I get mad experience. So for this example, one poke job I was asked to do was something with ghost types, and they asked me to bring 10. Okay. I bring 10 ghost types with me. I send them away for a day. I bring them back the next day. Every single one of them got 74,000 experience oh, points. Oh, wow. Every one of them. And I got $18,000. 
for me literally doing nothing but selecting them and forgetting about them for a day. Oh, and shit. you just get rewarded. I like that. That's neat. Now, if I did that during my playthrough of the story, it would have really overleveled me because I was just getting free experience and I would have been at level like 70. Yeah. Uh, by the third gym. So I didn't want to yeah. do it during the story. I waited till after. It's a fun little distraction. It takes like five minutes to do them all. So it's not like a big time sa- uh, loss, but it's just fun to give my Pokemon that are just sitting there in the box something to do. Yeah. What sucks is I did get in a little bit of a conundrum where I was sending away all my rock Pokemon. One of them was Lunatone, that that moon, oh, yeah, that yeah. rock moon. That's exclusive to Shield, where the sun, Soul Rock, is exclusive to Sword. And I was trying to trade back and forth with Jim, but he's like, where's your Lunatone? I was like, let me try to find it. Oh, fuck. It's away on a job Come right back now. tomorrow. So, and we haven't. Yeah. I haven't talked to him in a couple days. So, unfortunately, like, that got me a little bit. I was like, yeah. shit. Actually, I did that three different times with Pokemon, but I just went out and recaught them, the other two. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But yeah, it's still really fun. I have beaten everything there is to beat, except for getting 35 more Pokemon. So the next thing you're going to hear from me, I'm done. I'm going to put my Sword and Shield impressions away. It's the, you, you completed the decks. The next time you're going to hear from me is when I complete the decks and get a shiny, and then I'm going to right. you know, hopefully maybe talk about it in our top three games of the year. All right. Well, we will hold you to that one. <coughs> Sorry, I'm still a little sick. Super Mario Maker 2 got a huge update to breathe some life into its community. And it needed it. This game came out in June of this year, but it feels like it came out forever ago. See, Um, that I agree with. That I would say it feels like it came out a while ago. And it was super hot on Twitch and YouTube when it first dropped. And it still has its really strong community, Grand Pooh Bear and all those guys. It's still a very strong community. But I don't hear a lot about this game very often. Part of that is Link's Awakening and Luigi's Mansion 3 and Pokemon and all these big Nintendo Switch games have come out this fall. Another part of it is it came out in June. That's a weird time for a game to come out. And number three is it's a niche thing, building your own Mario levels. But out of nowhere, at 3 o'clock in the morning, they released a trailer. And it was five minutes. And they said, here are some new enemies. So you can get the uh, spike-throwing guy. I can't remember his name. You can get – oh, man. I can't remember. Just a couple new enemies. You can get ice block coins and some new items to kind of play with. And then all of a sudden, they were like – Oh yeah, in Mario Maker, in uh, when you play as Super Mario NES skin, you can change Mario to Link from oh, Zelda, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can then pick up the Master Sword and you can play these levels as Link. What with a the, cool add-on with the Legend of Zelda from NES, um, like play style and, and stuff like that. And I was like, "That's awesome!" What now? There have been rumors for years for a Zelda Maker, yeah, like. There is rumors a long time of how do we make a Zelda maker? Does Nintendo want to do it? What would it even look like? And when they came out with Legend of Zelda Link to the Past remake, they added this thing called a dungeon maker where you can actually, in the dungeons that you visit, you can take, once you visited them, you can take pieces of those dungeons and build your own dungeon. It didn't go over very well. It was really unpolished, but I think that was like that little test. Are people interested in this? Yeah. Do they want it? Do they want to do it? And I think because it got such a positive response from that aspect, they were like, let's just go, baby. And they added it to this game. And I personally can't wait to watch uh, like Grand Pooh Bear go through yeah. and, and with this update. Because yeah, that to me, boy. it's such a cool update. Shit, I can't wait to just go play it again. I haven't played Mario Maker in three, four months. Yeah, it's- so it's exciting for me to go back and play. That's great to hear. PlayStation has been awarded the best-selling video game home console brand ever by Guinness World Records. It's a hell of a world record to hold. Uh, Best-selling video game home console brand ever. 
when you have the top two best-selling consoles yeah, of no, all time. That's what I was saying. Who, who was number one? Nintendo. Oh, okay, okay, it was. It's not even, yeah. I mean, I would say it's not even close, but it is because PlayStation passed. Just, just. <laughs> they actually did pass them. That's impressive. Go ahead, PlayStation. Hashtag 25 years of play as the PS1 released 25 years ago in Japan. Yeah, I, I thought it was 96. So I was like, that math doesn't add up to me. It actually came out in 94 in Japan, which is insane to me that in 1994, when we're playing Super Nintendo, they already got a PS1. So we didn't get the PS1 for a couple of years afterwards. Um, but Japan got it in 1994 on this day. Um, so it's a big thing trending today. So we decided, okay, let's do a top three based around that. What are our top three PlayStation games or memories that we have from the PlayStation brand? My number three, kind of out of nowhere, little game that came out on PS1. 1999, Bloody Roar 2. I loved Bloody Roar. Bloody Roar 2. Played it over Carmen's house constantly. And that's kind of why I picked because I when when you when you first said like we told we text back and forth, you hit me with my probably my three favorite franchises of all time. Which okay, that's true. But when you throw memories in there, it's like that kind of twists it up a little bit because one of our best friends, Carmen, who's not no longer with us right now, um, we used to always play at his house. I know me 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 him and Machi used to play battles crazy. Like I know I'd be the wolf guy. I think Machu was the guy that was lying, and he might have been like the insect. Because if you remember Carmen back in the day, he was like a big insect guy. But Bloody Roar 2 was, I, I assume they kind of made it off the success of Mortal Kombat that came out. You know, what it, it's basically an arcade fighting style game, but I absolutely loved it. 2 was really good because in 1, they didn't have beast drives, what they had, where you got basically use just like ultimate attack, like a DBZ, you do like your finisher move. It was their finisher, and I just thought it was a great touch. Um, I, you know, when I think back of, I never owned a PlayStation One. It's the one console I've never owned. That's, that's, that's the only that, console. That's crazy. The only console I've never owned. Doesn't even make sense. Um, I have the classic over there, but that doesn't that doesn't yeah, do it justice. It, it's crazy. You never had I've the never original. owned a PS One. I think a lot of that is because of Carmen. He was yeah. my PlayStation guy. Like the, yeah. when I wanted a PlayStation One, I went over there and we played it, and we played the shit out of PS One, yeah. and I. I so like that's where my PlayStation One memories lie. My first PlayStation console was a PlayStation Two. My dad bought it for me with Madden two thousand and Pong okay. for PS One. So I was like, okay, let me go out and buy a game that like I I wanted to buy with my own money. I was in seventh grade, and Ryan Popejoy, who is my best friend in the world now, was becoming my best friend back then. Like we were picking up skateboarding together yeah. and it really brought us together. And another kid named Mike Robbins. The three of us hung out. We skateboarded all the time. But what we did at night after we were done skating was uh, play a little game on PS2 called The Bouncer. Extremely okay. underselling, um, kind of cult classic, not a big name franchise. I have no idea how I found out about this game if I read about it somewhere or if I literally just went to Funko Land or GameStop, saw it on a shelf just and just up, bought man. it because of the box art, I have no idea how that game came in my possession, quite frankly. But I remember it's a beat-em-up, but it was okay. a 3D beat-em-up with mostly story. It was okay. like you can beat the gameplay in like 45 minutes, but the game is hours long because of the cutscenes. Okay. So I remember just sitting there. Watching these cutscenes over and over and over, and there are three characters you can pick. So we would just play co-op and just kind of each grab a character. Maybe there was f- no, there was only co- there was co and whatever, whatever. I can't remember the other two. Volt and uh, the main character I can't think of right now. 
But it's this beat em up where uh, it takes place in Japan as everything goddamn does anime style. Yeah. A girl who's 11 years old apparently works as a bouncer at a bar, which is even weirder that she's at a bar. Um, and she gets abducted and you got to go find her. That's like the TLDR yeah. of the of the game. But it was like this crazy game that we never – I watched those cutscenes probably a million times and just never got tired of them. And playing that game was so fun. We found all these exploits and like little things you could do to beat it. We beat it. 20 times, man, just sitting in my basement in Parkwood, much like we are now, yeah. just playing that game. So when I rebought my PS2 a couple years ago, like three, four years ago, I knew I had to have it. But it is a little bit more expensive. Is, yeah, I never even heard of it. Um, so I bought it, and I played it again. And I was like, holy shit, first of all, it's hard. Second of all, the controls suck. I was going to say, second of all, the game sucks. It's, <laughs> the controls are pretty bad, and it's not a great, it's not a great game. Like, looking back on it, not a great game. But it just has that special place. Yeah, it has that good memories, man. And it's, right now, it's uh, in that little tub right there. Yeah. And, like, it's getting me the itch to go play it. And then randomly, like a year ago, randomly, one of my favorite YouTubers drops a 25-minute review of it. Oh, wow. And I was like, what are the odds yeah, of this? Of all games, yeah. And he just shits on it. For 25 minutes. And I was watching that video with vitriol. I was like, you're wrong. Fuck your opinion. Yeah. And I was done. I was like, he was completely right. Yep. It's you, not You great. just thought about all the memories of you playing. <laughs> the nostalgia won yep. in, that, in that case. 100%. My number two, I went with Dragon Ball Z Ultimate Battle 22. Came out for PlayStation 1. The import. I it, remember in Machi's, playing that in Machi's uh, brother's bedroom. It came out in 1995 in Japan. Yeah. I remember it, it. It never got released. No, it did not. In we the played States it on a burnt until disc. 2003. Yeah. We could only play it at Machi's PlayStation because his was, was modded. Because Alex's, you know, his older brother knew a guy. And he did, I, like, I still don't even know how he got the game. Alex might have got the he game somehow. He burnt it onto a CD. He, had the ROM, he got, downloaded the ROM. So that, so that's what he did. Yeah, absolutely. So he, did, he did that. And the, and the only time it was all in Japanese, nothing mm-hmm. was English. And it was just something, hey, we, we got to play Super Saiyan Goku for the first time. This is kind of, you know, during that when they were showing the cells, or no, they were doing the Freeza saga still. Because, like, when he first did Super Saiyan, so they had that in the game. And it was, it was just freaking awesome because, you know, going over to my house, he had that little ass TV in his room. I and that's what well. we freaking played. And, like, it was just cool knowing that we're one of the few people in the States playing this game right now. And it was obviously, cool. we loved DBZ. It was the hype, what it was, you know, with freaking Battle and Frieza and just hours of playing that damn game yeah i didn't ever like the show but i always loved playing that game yeah i love the show love the game I, I still think it was probably one of my favorites because i'll consider that out of all the dbz games my fear of just the nostalgia of playing it and loving it and looking forward to it while this franchise was on nintendo 64 and i believe on pc as well i played it on playstation um on playstation 2 and uh even the playstation 1 games i, I played on playstation 2 so, like, when I think about this game, and even to this day when I play it, I have it on PS2, all four of them, uh, at least the main series ones. I think about these games, and, like, nothing ever was better to me at that time in my life than playing Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Um, that's where I grew up playing them was on PlayStation yeah. and, and learned to get really good at them on PlayStation and would talk to my girlfriend at the time on the phone while playing Tony Hawk in the background on mute and when she would say something and I wouldn't be listening, Are you listening? and I would <laughs> yeah. be trying to do a backflip or a backside flip, uh, fakie Manny across a pad or whatever, 
or like these crazy combo tricks and like you can hear me clearly clicking buttons yeah. over the phone and would say what's that and i'm like i, I don't know interference whatever bad bad connection on a landline in 2005 i don't know four um but those games to me were so special and i still love going back and playing them and when i heard rumors we reported on last week of there's a potential to remake the first two or maybe even get a new one that won't be made by Robomoto. That excites me. So I hope that we can get back to the glory days of Tony Hawk. But that's a huge game for me on, on PlayStation. Great game series. My number one, should be no surprise, Twisted Metal 2. Probably my most fucking game played ever. I mean, Arguably I, your favorite game of all time. I mean, it, it could be, especially like you know, like we said, when Memories is brought in here, it kind of flipped my games a lot. Um, there's a game, you know, from eighth grade probably all the way through high school into, you know, I guess the college years. When I were. first got my car, I will never forget you and I went on a two-hour quest trying to find that game, and we found it at uh, GameStop on Street Road. And yeah. Now I own that, the PS1. I own the other PS1 Greatest Hits Edition because, you know, I'm a completist. had to have both. But it was a game that, you know, where... You know, when you're younger, that's when we all kind of would work out, we'd eat, and then we would just play this game for hours. And another uh, friend of mine, you know, Nick Mon, he's no longer with us. Um, it's another reason why it brings, like, a lot of memories to this. Like, we'd always play this game, me and him, like, and Wood came over a lot. that We'd play, just have tournaments, and Twisted Metal 2 was just always the game that we never got tired of. We always played that, and we threw on Dilated People CD 2020. We probably listened to that CD 10,000 times. And it's just something that I'll never forget. I'll always look back on with with fond memories. Yeah, when you um, brought up the modded PlayStation 1, that is the inspiration for my number one. And it's the easiest choice I've ever had to make for a top three if I'm a number one. And like when I think about my old Parkwood basement, again, much like this one, and the layout of it, my TV was in that caddy corner back there where that lamp is. My couch was over there. My computer yeah, was right yeah, here. It was over here, yeah. yeah and my yeah, computer was right yeah. here. And how I went on PlayAsia.com and spent 50 bucks on the game and another 50 bucks on the tools to mod yeah, my yeah, PS2. Yeah. And I had the old PS2, not the slim, where you pop the top open. I had the PS2 where the tray came out, the original. So I had this mod. I still have it, by the way, the mod. I have the disc, too, where you stick – you unscrew the slot, like the, the thing – like the protector on the slot so you can see into the system. You hook this piece of plastic in. You pull out the disc tray yeah. against it. You could hear it revving in there yeah. that it sh- should not be doing this. You pull it out. You put the mod disc in, you put it back in, you type in a code, and boom, you can right. play import games. And from there, um, I would go on my AOL 56K modem, yep. and I would pull up the translation of this game, all 36 pages, yep. print it out, and just like we were back in the arcade, boy, did we play a lot of Initial D. Yeah, we did, my friend. And uh, it was basically like Second Stage, yeah. the PlayStation yeah. 2, which is the one we all liked yep. the most and, and grew up and played the most. But what I what I loved about it is... I had a steering wheel, yep. uh, but it was Xbox, GameCube, and PS2 all in one plug. I used the GameCube one to play Mario Kart Double Dash with our friend TJ all the time. So I would take the GameCube one, I would mod it to the to uh, get my buttons where I needed it to be, and I'd unplug that, plug it back into the PlayStation, have to remap the buttons to, for initial D, but it would stretch out over your lap and like you would have it right on your lap. And it was pretty insane. And we were sitting here, and I had a pretty big TV, but it was like a 1,000-pound 
flat screen with the big giant tube in the back that was heavy as a mother. Uh, but it was considered a big screen TV. So like that was pretty close to the arcade experience that we had in my fucking basement yeah. for free. Um, so, we didn't have ten thousand dollars to actually order the machines. No, we want. I must have looked up how much an initial initial D machine cost. No less than one hundred and fifty times. Just seeing in what way I could make it happen. But as a kid who just worked at a deli for some cash, I didn't have the yeah, money to afford a, a machine. You're a little short, my and, friend. And we, and we all weren't going to chip in on it together. But I mean, PlayStation has a huge impact on us, man. It's yeah. just like. For me, it was Nintendo it was, it was great, and PlayStation. It was a great game. I didn't start playing Xbox till 06, 07. So, like, I don't have the big memories of childhood yeah. with Xbox like I do with PlayStation and Nintendo. Yeah, PlayStation. I, I, I was there from the beginning, and I'll be there until the end. The only, like, we did a lot of old games. We did all old games. Yeah, they're all old. Um, Not one new. The only the only thing I would, like, consider from this era to put on the list, and it would, if I had to, it would probably be number four is Uncharted. That's a very special series for me on, on the new the newer PlayStations three and four, like that series to me, as you know, I have such an affinity for yeah. the charted games that like, it's almost tough for me not to put that on over the bouncer, but because the bouncer had so much actual nostalgia, yeah, and made, that, that's what it comes down and to. And like brought friendships yeah. together. That's why I gave that the nod over, uh, over uncharted. And if I had to add one, mom would probably be tough to make cry. Yeah. If I, I had to add, I want to play a little game though. Um, as, PlayStation UK sent out a tweet today, and they just asked four simple questions. So I want to ask you these four simple questions about PlayStation, and I want your just answer okay. that comes off the top of your head. Um, don't think about it. Just answer. Are the instructions from PlayStation UK? Number one, what's the first PlayStation game you ever owned? First <coughs> one I can remember owning? Crash Bandicoot comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, what's What was your first PlayStation console that you owned? PlayStation 1. What's your favorite PlayStation game ever? Probably game ever. Yeah, any PlayStation brand. So like that's Devil May Cry. That's like I don't, I, I don't think Metal I, I don't know if I could like pick like an actual like game. Like look one game. I'd have to imagine Twisted Metal Two is probably at the end of the day your answer, but like Devil May Cry might be up there for you. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, like right now, if I had to say one game. Just dude, just to play it safe, I think I have to do Twisted Metal too. It's fine. I would that would have yeah. been my guess. And lastly, your favorite PlayStation console? Probably just PlayStation Four. Just what we, I love the PS4. Just what 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 can we do with it? The speed it goes, the, the storage capabilities. Oh, by the way, I did put in Star Wars. I had to delete some stuff. Pissed about 55 it. Fifty five. I, I got a little bit of gameplay, not enough to really sink my teeth into it yet. But I probably have like an hour, hour good. and a half. Good, good. <clears throat> So yeah, so uh, Kojima says he'd love to work with Norman Reedus on a Death Stranding sequel or, quote, start from zero. I read that a couple different ways. There's not a lot of context to the quote. I read that as we could do a Death Stranding sequel and start from nothing as in we don't pick up any of the plot from the first one or we can do a brand new franchise, not Death Stranding. And start from yeah. sc- some scratch is kind of if you want to interpret it. That's what he means by start from zero. I hated the game. Like I yeah. said, I played seven hours. That's enough for me to formulate. Yeah, I, I still see some clips of people. I'm just like, man, this this game. It's just not my. The game. hard part for me to get into Star Wars is because I'm playing as Cameron Monaghan. Yo, I, I and- don't want to play as actors. 
No, and, don't like and it. No, no joke. That is my biggest complaint is is seeing and hearing them because I just think I mean, I, like Ian Gallagher. I think of Shameless. I can hear him just fine. I mean, they're actors. If he wants to lend his voice, that's fine. But why are you lending the likeness? No, but that doesn't do no, any favors. His, okay, his voice. But if you look like a, a brand new character, it would be fine. Okay, if but now when I'm looking the, at Cameron Monaghan, right? If I'm just looking at a voice actor doing his thing, that's fine. If Norman Reedus played somebody else besides Norman Reedus, I would be a lot more open to the main character. But in reality, I just feel like I'm playing his a CGI version. At all name, he has to be saying. I'm just playing a CGI version of a, a Norman Reedus game, and I don't want that. Yeah. I want to play as a character that I've no like attachment to. Yeah, don't don't make me balance when I'm trying to walk. It is. It's I, a I little. Like it. It's a little weird. And the last story we got: Resident Evil is coming to Smash Bros. Not in the way we wanted. We'd hoped yeah. that maybe Leon would be the yeah. last DLC character. But we are getting four Resident Evil characters. I believe Jill, Chris Redfield, Leon Kennedy, and I can't remember the fourth one. Claire, probably, um, as spirits in Super Smash Bros. Which, again, even though they're not main or playable characters or assist trophies or DLC, it is still pretty cool that Resident Evil is in Smash in some capacity. Yeah, it's, it's baffling. It's pretty nuts. It's baffling. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Now, again, Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6 are currently out on the Switch um, at 20, 30 bucks so a pop, which is that highway helps. robbery. But yeah, it, it's cool to have Resident Evil in Switch um, or in Smash. Yeah. It's, it's just the world we live in, the possibilities are endless. And yeah. that's cool to me. Sam, what's your CGC spotlight this week? This week, uh, if you're going to change it up, I go with a little Marvel book. Now, obviously, I have mostly DC books. I don't have too many Marvel... Uh, She's left, but this one is Thor 390. I actually just got this back from CGC because this is actually the first time Cat wields Molnir. That's sick. Um, I tried to get CGC to note it, and they said no. I'm a little upset with them because um, it is his first time picking up the hammer. I don't know why they wouldn't note it. There's probably more to that story. I don't know, but this is a 9-8 white pager. This came out in April 1988. Before me and Greg were born. What is it? April 1988? 88, yeah. Literally one month yeah, before I was born. Exactly. Still before. I was born in May. Um, it's a Tom DeFalco story. Ron Friend and Brett Breeding cover in art. There is only 185 total graded blue blue label copies. Mine's 9.8. There's only 72 on the census. There's none graded higher. 46 9.6s and 23 9.4s. So not too many graded. The last 9.8 sale was $140, but the 12-month average is $191. So this, the movie hype prices are up and down, but I, I'm a little upset that they didn't note first time because I actually I have it in a raw book also, and I read it, and, and I'll get to it in a second. But the book's about Thor arrives on a hydro base, and he learns that a lot has changed between the Avengers. At the same time, Asgard is getting attacked again by the legions of demons, so he has to go there. During that battle, Captain America lifts Molnir for the first time, basically throwing it back to Thor, and they you know wipe the floor with the demons, and eventually they win. They send him back through the gates. But it, it, to me, this is just like it's a. I think it's a cool minor key to have, and especially the moment of Endgame of him picking up the hammer, him you know battling Thor, and then having Avengers assemble. Like it all came kind of full circle, and I just kind of felt like I had to own this book. So if you're interested in the story, Thor three ninety. Nice cover art. I like it. Um, the back isn't really speaking to me this time, but it's cool. I like that they say guest featuring the captain. Oh, you know, like, you know, Captain America, but that's... This is funny. like Warhammer on the back. 
It's like Forgotten Realms. 75 cents in 1988, too. So you think about that now, 180, 140, 170, whatever you said it was going for. That's a pretty gosh darn Yeah, let, let, last set 140, 12-month average, 191. For a 75-cent book, not 32 years ago. It's a pretty okay. decent return on your investment. Hey, I'll take it. Sam, what's your pick of the week? Pick, pick of the week. Finally, I actually... I got actually a bunch of pick of the week, so I got stockpiled on a few things. But the first one for this week that I, I want to recommend first um, on Netflix, Between Two Ferns. Oh, the Did movie? You, yeah, the the movie. Between Two Ferns, the movie. Um, you know, Zach Galifianakis, directed by Scott Ackerman. It was short, 83 minutes, only an hour, 23 minutes. So if you want to get in for a quick, you know, funny comedy, I think this is perfect. Um, it, it kind of about like Zach's dreaming of becoming like a star and, you know, Will Farrell sees his public access TV show and, and throws him on Funny or Die. And mm-hmm. then he's all about these clicks. Will Farrell plays, a, you know, crazy Will Farrell, which is absolutely hilarious. And now he now he has to take the show on the road to kind of to make back up. Um, you know, Matthew McConaughey was in it. Hilarious. Peter Dinklage, Paul Rudd, who might be the best guy ever. Uh, Keanu Reeves in it. Brie Larson, Adam Scott, Benedict Cumberbatch, John Cho, John Hamm, Gal Gadot. More people name. I just want just the name just of the star power that actually came in for this. And you know how between two mm-hmm. ferns is. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly that. And it's when he looks at Makane, I see you have a shirt on. Is everything okay? Like it's just stupid stuff like that. And it's like, do you feel bad about winning an Oscar for, for acting or something? Like it, it, there's this shit he says. And then Makane's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> like it just, it's stupid comedy. If you liked his, because I think his online show on Funnier Die, I think it was like three to six minutes. It was short and sweet. He had Obama on once. Yeah, he did. And he, he had uh, the other fucking chick. I can't even think of her name. Clinton. Hillary. She was on there one. That was pretty funny. But, okay, if you got an hour 23, you need some laughs. Didn't review very well, which is surprising to me. Like, critically, didn't do very well. So I'm, I thought I'm happy I wrote it down. I thought it was like a 74%. I would have expected more from that series because that is a virally hilarious show no i, I agree and, so, and, and and if you like zach hey yeah. he, well, he lost some weight he looks good like he really does look good so between two ferns the movie on netflix i am back in the music space uh back with another new band that i've recently very very recently found um that is solely because um when a will away came out with their new ep soup i couldn't find it on spotify yet or my internet was down on my phone or something so i had to watch it on youtube and as you know youtube comes up with side panels for other recommended videos i was clicking around clicking around clicking around and i happened to stumble upon this band uh for this song called frequent crier which because i am one so i was like all right that speaks to me i'm a little bitch let me pick this song up it's called future teens was the name of the band so future teens uh, and the record is called breakup season um if you can't tell it is an emo record um, every song is a breakup song, but I listened to this song frequent crier and I was like, holy shit. I love it. Two guys, two girls. Um, the guy and the girl do dual vocals, uh, and the girl, sh- sh- I don't know their names, but she shreds on her guitar. She's a really good guitar player. And, uh, listen to the song was in- instantly hooked. So I went on Spotify on my way home, s- just soloed the record all the way through, um, breakup session or breakup season and adored it. I loved it. Um, it sometimes can be a little slow, which is good. Sometimes I like a slow methodic record, but then like hits you with a banger, like alone at the party or frequent choir starts crier, uh, starts off with happy new year where it's like a really sad tune, but then it like picks up and 
it's really happy, but still really sad at the same time. I, I don't know. I'm a little bitch. So I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy that kind of stuff. And this record just really spoke to me. Um, it's really caught on quickly as one of my favorite records I've heard in a little bit. So um, I don't love every track. I think there's 10 or 11 tracks. I probably love four or five. Like I don't love the whole record, yeah. but the tracks I love, I love. Like they're on repeat constantly. So it's not for everyone. Somebody texted me the, the day after I found out about them ironically and said, hey, do you have any bands that you can recommend? Because he often goes to me for some music stuff. And I said, yeah, A Will Away, Elder Brother. And I would love for you to listen to Future Teens, but I would imagine not up your alley. He did reply back like, you were right, but I love them. So I give you a really good, strong recommendation if you're in the mood for like some fun, poppy emo, but really sad, strong lyrics. I think they're really strong lyrics too. And I think you're going to find a song that relates to something that happened to you. Uh, pretty easily on this record. So it's Breakup Season by the Future, uh, not the Future Teens, just Future Teens, I believe, from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, but highly recommend that band and that record. That'll do it for episode 163 as the heat is kicked on again. I was hoping we would make it without the heat coming back on. But we'll be back next week. Hopefully, sans the HVAC system. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Sergio Anello um, of Sergio Anello and the early November. We'll be back next week with episode 164. Santa, for what it's worth, that was a good one.